I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. Geek Salad episode 67, you need a doctor. Oh yes, I do. <laughs> we are talking, this is our long-awaited Doctor Who episode. This is Mike's birthday present yeah. from Geek Salad. We get to talk about his favorite TV show. Well, one of my favorites. One of your, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's not pick favorites. I'm, I'm very diverse. I, yeah, you are, you are. But this is, since I've known you, you've been a huge Doctor Who fan. Yeah. Um, But there is... So much to talk about. We're going to do this a little differently than we would normally do an episode where we kind of break up reader feedback and talk about, you know, our favorite episodes or go down the list of our episodes. There's a whole bunch of stuff we're going to do here, so you got to bear with us. We're talking about uh, 49, no, yeah, 49 years. Yeah, 2013 is the 50th anniversary. Wow. And you know what? Nerds love to talk about that, so they ain't going to shut up about that. That's like going out on April 20th and having to run into a pothead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are way too many episodes to list out our favorites. Hell yeah, yeah. And especially since Andy's still a noob. Yeah, um, yeah. full disclosure on that, by the way, I will be, um, I'm really kind of more the observer here. I did a lot of homework. I think I've worked harder on this episode than I have on any pre- um, or post-production episode. Yeah. I worked hard on those, but this was... He's made a very valiant effort. I mean, I gave him a list of... Oh, a few dozen episodes. Yeah, between two doctors, yeah. we didn't even get into everything. My my object uh, my my object was to my objective rather was to at least watch every single doctor live in one case or another. And thank God for the seventies and eighties yeah. because the three doctors yeah. took three of them out of the way at once. You could have watched the five doctors. I not available on Netflix streaming. Ah. So, and yeah, wrong sci-fi series. So, Mike is going to quickly go over the history of Doctor Who, in a nutshell, yep. or in this case, in, in a, a TARDIS. TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Mike. All right, well, the first episode premiere- premiered November 23rd, 1963. N- wow. Do you the- know what happened on November 22nd, 1963? Um, why do I, do why am I a suspect? I don't know. Were you on the grassy knoll in Dallas? Oh, yeah. Kennedy was shot that day. Yeah, so... In another country, of course. So. Yeah, but they were getting the news on the 23rd, and so the uh, first episode was actually delayed, I think, 80 seconds. Real 80 seconds? 80 seconds. Oh, okay. But it also, like, nobody was watching it, because everyone was tuned into all this information about JFK, so... They re-ran the first episode the next the following week, right before the second episode. Aired. Okay. And um, the first Doctor was William Hartnell. Okay. Uh, he went from November of 1963 until October of 1966. Wow. All right. So uh, three years. Yeah. But back then, they didn't do it like 
like you know now they're doing it in like uh, 13 episode seasons yeah back then they did it in serials where like uh like four episode serials or yep. six episode serials or two episode so there weren't particularly seasons more than they were just these these quickie little serieses right but i mean they crammed i mean three, i think somewhere uh, like four to six episodes per serial right yeah but three three years i think it was like something like uh, 40 50 episodes wow so this, they they had you know short serials, but lots of them. Right now, my my experience with William Hartnell was all, really has only been in um, in the Three Doctors, yeah. where he was so infirmed and doddering yeah. that they pretty much just left him sitting in a chair, and they would cut to him every once in a while, like oh, still working on that. <laughs> yeah, actually, I I think he died not too long after that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he eventually had to. T- um, tap out because he was just having too many health problems yeah and rather than you know cancel the series or you know just hire you know kill that character off and make a new character yep they decided well he's an alien why can't he kind of when the, when his old body gets too worn out why can't he make a new body so like genius and so boom we get patrick trouton right exactly um Again, uh, going back to the Three Doctors, not a huge fan either because he seemed a little crazy uncle, crazy <laughs> drunk uncle for, for he, my taste. He was very much called, considered like rather impish. Yeah. He, um, whereas William Hartnell was like the cranky old, cranky old geezer. Yep. Actually, he was like downright mean in the first few episodes. Okay. Why would they believe us? Well, how can we? Now, now, don't get exasperated, Susan. Remember the Red Indian. When he saw the first steam train, his savage mind thought it an illusion too. You're treating us like children. Am I? The children of my civilization would be insulted. Your I civilization? Yes, my civilization. I tolerate this century, but I don't enjoy it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Patrick Trotton was more of an impish guy. He's always kind of playing a little um, recorder. Yeah, I remember little... that, because they kept bringing that up. Yeah. Um... The Time Lords are an immensely civilized race. Uh, we can control our own environment. We, we can live forever, barring accidents, had we have the secret of space-time travel. Well, what's wrong in all that? Well, we hardly ever use our great powers. We're, we can sen- simply to, to observe and gather knowledge. And that wasn't enough for you? No, of course not. Without, with a whole galaxy to explore, millions of planets, eons of time, countless civilizations to meet. Well, why do they object to you doing all that? Well, it, it is a fact, Jamie, that I, I do tend to get involved with things. He was interesting. A um, couple of notable companions of his, uh, Jamie McCrimmon, was a, a guy he picked up in like 15th century Scotland. Yeah, and he actually has a record for being the longest, um, the longest companion. Okay. Uh, he he went. They're not sidekicks, by the way. No. They're companions. Yeah, he went from 1966 to 1969, so, so three years, and who knows how many episodes. Okay. Uh, and also, the, um, Colonel Lethbridge Stewart. Ah. Who became uh, Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart, and he was—he was never actually a companion because he never actually traveled in the TARDIS. Right. He was a friend and ally to the Doctor to five or six of the Doctors. Okay. Yeah, and I remember we were before we started recording. When I was watching this thing, and he showed up. The Brigadier Colonel shows up, and I—I I, I swear to God, he is exactly the same character <laughs> that Graham Chapman plays. That stop that! That's silly. Stop that regeneration right now. Stop that time travel. Get out of that TARDIS. How uh, is that so big? <laughs> That's he's, silly. He's very much like that, yeah. Brigadier, my dear fella, 
I wonder whether I could borrow a couple of your stalwart chaps to give me a hand in bringing the TARDIS back. It's landed in rather an inaccessible position. Pompous, self-opinionated idiot, I believe you said, Doctor? Yes, well, we, we don't want to bear a grudge for a few hasty words, do we? Mm. No, not after all the years that we've worked together. Come along, my dear fella. Put on a smile. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he's, he's definitely a fan favorite. Okay. Um, let me see. Then he... he uh, well, Patrick Chardon's uh, doctor kind of pissed off the uh, Time Lords... And so they exiled him to Earth and forced him to regenerate into right. John Pertwee. Aha! That was uh, John Pertwee is on uh, 1970 until 1974. Now, Mike, I do want to point out one thing before we get to John Pertwee real quick, that you did skip a doctor. I don't consider... Um, all right, you see where I'm going? Yeah. No, all right. Peter Cushing made two terrible Doctor Who movies in the 1960s. Yeah. Uh, the one I can remember the most is Doctor Who and the Daleks. Mm. where the Doctor is a curmudgeonly grandfather type fighting the, the greatest enemy that, that the Doctor has ever fought. Yeah, who the Daleks actually were introduced in the very second, ser- in the second serial. Mm-hmm. Yep. It I w- remember seeing something in black and white on that today. Yeah. Um, first, up, first serial, meh. It wasn't until the second one that it really took off. Right. But I, just ha- I had to bring that up, because in, in case there are any Doctor Who purists out there... Um, who were like, well, you forget Di- Peter Cushing. Yeah, no, we didn't the, really forget him. It's just one of those things we have to kind of mention him and then move on. If they're real, if they're real purists, they won't mention Peter <laughs> Cushing either. Actually, though, you know, go to Netflix because there's a there's a movie on there called Dalek Mania, oh. where I think they couldn't get the rights to any of the BBC stuff, <laughs> but they managed to get the rights to these two shitty Peter Cushing movies because no one else wanted the rights. Exactly. To them. So they keep showing those, like, oh, here are the Daleks. Nah, that's not the Daleks. <laughs> What is Grandma Tarkin doing in there? <laughs> God damn it. Evacuate? In our moment of triumph? I think you overestimate their chances. All right, back to John Pertwee, who reminds me of Autumn's um, eccentric Uncle John. That's, like, that's like almost to a T. I don't know if you've met John before, Johnny Diamond. Um, I don't think so. But he's got the same hair. This big, billowing, fluffy, long white hair. Yeah, John Pertwee was very much more of a physical dog. He actually... Had like he claimed he knew uh, the karate of some alien <laughs> alien place, so he wouldn't actually get into physical fights every now and then. Well, the guy was in his late fifties when he did it, I think, which makes him downright youthful compared to the other yeah, two. Yeah, he was quite spry. Yeah, <laughs> for an old guy. Yeah. Isn't anybody going to pay any attention to that computer out there? That computer is oversensitive. Its data is unreliable. You talk about the thing as though it was your maiden aunt. My own calculations are more specific. Yes, well, I'll tell you something that should be of vital interest to you, Professor. But what? That you, sir, are a nitwit. A notable companion of his, which is Sarah Jane Smith. All right. Who, uh, played by Elizabeth Sladen. Okay. Who, actually, we just lost uh, last year. Oh, really? Yeah, um, she was... Heck, she she even appeared in, um, one of the Tenth Doctor's episodes. Okay. And she even had her own show, uh, the Sarah Jane Adventures kind of spin-off show. It was... Not too bad, actually. All right. Yeah, we just uh, she just passed away last year. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, and also uh, John Pertwee gave us the Master. So the Master first appeared at, at for during the Third Doctor series. Yes. Okay. Um. Oh yeah. Well, I miss the Cybermen. The Cybermen are another one of the Doctor's big enemies. Yeah. And they first appeared actually on the uh, last episode of William Hartnell's 
Oh, really? Yeah, they, okay. they were the enemy he fought right before he regenerated. Okay, now the, the, the Cybermen was, were interesting because, I again, I'm a noob to this entire thing. My yeah. first experience with them was during uh, the episode um, Army of Ghosts. Yeah. And I didn't realize that they uh, they pretty much are the precursor to the Borg. Pretty much, They're really much, all yeah. about assimilation. Yeah, well... <laughs> Unless you watch the original episodes, then they were just kind of goofy looking. Just goofy. Oh, yeah. oh I, I noticed that they all look like the tin, like the shittiest costume of the Tin Man from the oh. Wizard of Oz. W- watch some of the episodes of the Tenth Planet. All right. Wow, they, they they like talk like, "Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm going to conquer you." <laughs> oh, they, uh, I'm going to try and find a clip of that. No, oh, please, that, okay. please. Ugh. You forget we can do what we like with all of you and the girl. But anyway, um, then eventually John Pertwee regenerated into da, 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 Tom Baker. Yes. Widely recognized as the doctor. Because Whenever you bring up to any any um just any layperson, yeah. Doctor Who, that's exactly who you think of. That big multicolored scarf in the fedora. Yep, yep. I mean, growing up. I mean, not so much for you, I think. No, actually, for you, well, yeah. He was he was my Doctor Who. Even well, though, when I was a kid, trying to watch Doctor Who was just a futile effort. Yeah, basically, I think PBS got the rights, uh, bought some of the episodes of uh, Doctor Who around, like, the 70s, 80s. Yeah, I think they were in the and 70s. They were, and they were the Tom Baker ones. Right. Um, so. Which brings us to KKK, Chris's Cultural Corner. KKK? That's not good. Um... Where Chris writes, Greetings, Geek Salad Crew. Doctor Who is recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records as the longest-running sci-fi series ever. Started in 1963, my knowledge of Doctor Who was unfortunately limited since the only Doctor I saw regularly was the one I grew up with on PBS every night at 7 p.m., Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor. I mentioned about some of my faves on Mike's Facebook, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Yep. Um, One thing I didn't mention that each Doctor had little quirks about them that separated them from the other Doctors. But for the fourth Doctor, it was the following. Scarf, brown fedora, and his fondness for jelly babies. Yeah. Um, in Chris's email, he actually listed some of his favorite Tom Baker scenes. You can check out um, geeksalad.podbean.com right now to uh, check those videos out. I've posted them, as well as a little treat. Um, it's a video of the tenth Doctor... David Tennant, uh, meeting up with a fifth doctor. Oh, yes. I remember that clip. Till next podcast, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. It, it, he's right about the jelly babies. I mean, basically, they're just little, like, gummy bears type mm-hmm. thing. Okay. But he would just, you know, he'd like, have like, his enemy standing in front of him. He'd whip out his bag and say, would you like a jelly baby? Just kind of <laughs> throw him off guard yep. and then pull off some ingenious maneuver. <laughs> um, one interesting thing about the Tom Baker series. Um, yep. In 1979, they had a script uh, script editor called named Douglas Adams. Really? Yes. The Hitchhiker's Guide brought some a little bit of levity to it. Um, some fans didn't much like that, but Tom Baker liked that a lot. Well, the one thing I've, I've gotten from the Tom Baker stuff that I've seen is that there's a lot more levity in it. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, the other... I mean, yeah, Patrick Throut was, was a bit impish. Yeah. Um... John Pertwee was really kind of just a stiff. Eh. But, but, you know, Tom Baker really kind of brought that goofiness to it. I mean, the, just look at the guy. The guy's got yeah. a really goofy look to him. Yes, he does. Um, and there's a lot of, I mean, facial expressions, physical comedy and all that, that added a lot of levity that, you know, I, I think to a lot of people, especially American audiences, I think mm. that, that was kind of needed if it was going to ever take hold. 
you know, yeah. popularity-wise in America. Good. Well, now he's got any chance of a cup of tea. What? Or coffee. My friend and I have had a very trying experience. Haven't we had a trying experience, Harry? Very trying, Doctor. Step into the security scan. But no tea. Let me point out to you that you have no rights whatsoever. I have full authority to torture and kill any prisoner who does not comply absolutely with my orders. That is your first and last warning. No tea, Harry. Well, he definitely holds the record for being the longest, the, doc, the doctor the longest. He went from uh, December of 1974. Well, technically he he regenerated in June. Uh-huh. But then, they, then they, that was the season break, and they brought him back on December 1974. And he regenerated on March, in March of 1981. Okay, that's a, that's a long seven time. Seven years. That's seven years. That's, that's a really long time. So it's not like this whole, you know, he's the most recognizable doctor thing is, you know... Ill, Ill earned. Yeah, he he very well deserves that. Um, but he regenerated into Peter Davison, who I always confuse for John Tesh. <laughs> He's definitely much younger. Um, <laughs> they, they went for a younger, weird quirk of his. He always had a piece of celery um, on his lapel. Yes, I don't know why. I don't. I don't get that either. And in fact, on that David Tennant. Meets Peter Davison. Yeah, the, um, he, he actually mentions, "Oh, you're still doing the celery on the lapel." <laughs> yeah, no one has ever understood that. No, it, it became it became something he was known for. Yeah, huh. that's a paradox. I could blow a hole in the space time continuum the size of well, actually, the exact size of Belgium. That's a bit undramatic, isn't it? But he went from uh, January of 1982. To uh, March of 1984. Okay, so just about two years. I, it's got to suck to be the follow-up guy. Yeah. You know, it's got to suck to be the guy who's following up the most popular of of, of the doctors. Uh, yeah, I would I would say so. And, yeah. I mean, he, a lot of people like him a lot as well. Yeah. Not much as not as much as Tom Baker, but he was a very valid follow-up. Yeah. Uh, however, <laughs> then we get to. Who Peter Davison regenerated into, Colin Baker. Guy's rocking quite the fro. Yeah, and his outfit, um, it screams 70s when it was the 80s. Right, it was like um, a lot of bright red. It looked like a clown jacket. Yeah, Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat had nothing on this guy. (laughs) And he had like this big, wild, blonde... Wacky, white man's fro. Pretty much, yeah. Doctor... You're expecting someone else? I... 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 Well, three eyes in one breath makes you sound a rather egotistical young lady. What's happened? Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Uh, His episodes weren't as well received in general. And finally, the BBC said, You know what? You're fired. We just want you to come back and... and, um, Record one uh, regeneration scene. Yep. And he pretty much told them, told them to go fuck off. Okay. So then we got Sylvester McCoy. Okay. Who had to film his own regeneration sequence. <laughs> he basically put on uh, um, Colin, Colin, Baker's, Baker, yeah. Yeah, Colin Baker's outfit in, his, in a big... Um, the, the big, big white frizzy, man's afro. Yeah, yep. frizzy wig. And did a weird regeneration. And then he popped in. All right. Hello? 
not interrupting anything, am I? What are you doing here? That's a very difficult question. Why is everyone around here so preoccupied with metaphysics? I think she's going to kill us, Doctor. Ah, an existentialist. Now, Colin Baker, first of all, I have to keep reminding myself he was a doctor. Yeah. Because he barely made a blip. But I know really nothing about the Colin Baker or the, um, the Sylvester McCoy. Honestly, I've... Ep- episodes. I, yeah, I really don't. I've tried to watch... I've watched through, like, one... I've watched every every single available episode. Mm-hmm. One first Doctor up through about half of Peter Davison. All right. So I really haven't watched any of Colin Baker or Sylvester McCoy. Okay. Eh. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Nothing against Sylvester McCoy anyway. I'm right. sure Colin Baker had his episodes. Yeah. But, I mean, I remember working at Suncoast uh, back in the day, back when, you know, they were still releasing Doctor Who episodes on VHS. And, I mean, at that point, my, my knowledge was limited to Tom Baker as the Doctor and nobody else. Yeah. So seeing all these other guys playing the Doctor, and like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> who the hell is it? What is John Tesh doing in here? <laughs> I'm glad you didn't mention Rowan Atkinson. Oh, uh, yeah, no, no. That was that was a funny little bit that they did on um, Comic Relief. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's... I, I just, I didn't quite understand what was going on. And, I mean, Sylvester McCoy... I don't think really made that much of an impact. How long was he a doctor for? Um, from September of 1987 to December of 1989. All right, two years. He's the one who killed the series. Well, the fact that all the all the monsters look like rubber guys in rubber <laughs> exactly. suits kind of killed the series. But it wasn't killed. It was put on indefinite hiatus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was killed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, um, come 2005... And a guy named um, Paul McGann. Oh yeah, 1996. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, Paul McGann. The, the uh, Fox Studios saw, hey, this this is Doctor Who. It's re- it was really popular in the United in the UK. Let's make a TV movie and bring it to the United States. Let's talk real quick about how Americans will fuck up a British property every <laughs> goddamn time. Oh, oh my god, and I feel bad for Paul McGann because. Yeah. Um, one movie uh, where Eric Roberts was the master. <laughs> I actually, it was funny because I've seen Paul McGann in um, Horatio Hornblower, the uh, Yoan Griffith Horatio Hornblower, where he plays his trusty assistant, Mr. Bush. Yeah. And we were like, watch the guy. I, you know, this guy seems really familiar. Who, who, what else is he in? So, you know, I just hop on to Dr. IMDb. Mm-hmm. He was Dr. Who? Then I looked at it, and then I'm like, okay, 1996, I fucking remember this shitty-ass movie. I watched that movie on TV at the time I recorded it on my VHS. Oh, my God. I, How many times did you watch it before you realized, okay, yep, nope? I think I watched it one other time after that. All right. And now it's, I pretty much have it for posterity's sake only. Right. Now, I, I understand that Paul McGann actually did a lot of books, like audio books. Yes. And um, he voiced some, some computer games. Oh, yeah. I mean, he he's really embraced his role as the Eighth Doctor. But you have no recollection of family. No. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. I remember I'm, I, I, I'm with my father. We're lying back in the grass. It's a warm Gallifreyan night. Gallifreyan? Gallifrey! Yes, this must be where I live. Now, where is that? I've never heard of it. What do you remember? A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with lights. Purple, green, brilliant, yellow, yes! What? These shoes! They fit perfectly. Yes. And I think 
I think it's because of that that they decided to leave the movie as canon. Right. Uh, and as Paul McGann as the Eighth Doctor. Right, exactly. Because you can't, like, just... You can't pull a Peter Cushing and say, nope, we're in a doctor. <laughs> now, I mean, it's interesting, too, because if you think about it, 1996 to 2005, that is nine years. Yep. So... We don't know when the Ninth Doctor became regenerated. So, as far as we know, the Eighth Doctor could actually be the longest-standing Doctor. Possibly, yeah. It, it's in in fandom. It's generally considered um, that the sacrilege that <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, putting on my nerd hat here. All right. Uh, actually, I'm putting on my who fez. Because <laughs> fezes are cool. Um, it's generally considered that uh, the uh, Eighth Doctor regenerated at the end of the Time War, which is kind of this giant war between the Time Lords and the Daleks yep. that took place in between the movie and um, the new series. Okay. That makes sense. That, that does make sense. Yeah. So, let's move on to Series 2, which, by the way, makes... Looking up stuff on IMDb mm-hmm. and Netflix a shitload easier <laughs> that they actually is considered a separate se- a series. Yeah. Uh, 2005. We're going to go with my favorite doctor. And I-, I thought about this. Christopher Eccleston. Really? I thought David Tennant was your favorite. Um, I actually... I, I gotta, I'm going to throw the, the nod to Eccleston. Right. Mainly because Eccleston was quirky and eccentric in a way that wasn't, look at me, quirky and eccentric. Okay. He also, I mean, he, it's very simple. The, the entire costume was very, very simple. I mean, most of the newer Doctors, um, you know, suits and ties. Yeah. Christopher Eccleston is a V-neck and a leather jacket. Yeah. Very, very simple. But he's funny as hell. I never thought uh, that Christopher Eccleston was that funny until I saw these. Go to your room. I mean it. I'm very, very angry with you. I'm very, very cross. Go to your room! I'm really glad that worked. Those would have been terrible last words. He has quite a few good moments. There. Yeah, yeah. Which is odd, because considering that, you know, Chris, you look at Chris Fox and he doesn't look like that funny of a guy. Mm. You, you watch some of the other things he's in. Uh, you'll see him in Elizabeth. Hmm? You, you, you watch the movie Elizabeth, and he is just an asshole. You watch him in, um, well, if you can manage to make it through the second series of Heroes. Yep. Oh, God, where he shows up for five episodes. And yeah. then, like, leaves, I'm the Invisible Man, bye. He's Claude, yeah. the Invisible Man. Oh, God. God, I'm still angry at that series. <laughs> I want my money back for free TV. Calm down, calm down. Um, I also think, I mean, part of the reason why I might like, regard him the highest is because I watched more of his episodes than did anybody else's. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed his stuff. I really, really did. Um... I thought the relationship he had with with Rose was fantastic. Yeah. Rose Tyler, who did not annoy me nearly as much as she did other people. <laughs> um, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I thought he was... He was exactly the doctor they needed to get it back on... To get 
Doctor Who relaunch. I agree. Now, I did read a little bit on um, IMDb that I guess the first season, they tried, they avoided the alien planets and stuff like that, because yeah. they didn't want to alienate, no pun intended, um, <laughs> new viewers. Yeah. Because that would have, tr- I think, as a new viewer myself, I think that would have turned me off if I was going back to watching the way PBS, or the BBC was originally presenting them, where it was very, very dry, and lots of long speeches from these Guys in shitty-looking paper mache helmets, and that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and even even the episodes where uh, they are on kind of quasi-alien worlds, yeah, it still looks very like my, very much like it looks like Yuma, Arizona. So. <laughs> <laughs> like like the episode where they go to uh, I don't know if you watched it. They go to a um, space station that's transmitting t- t- television stations to the world. Okay, no, I haven't. I didn't see that one. It's basically the space station above Earth. Yep, and it. Looks most of it looks like a kind of rundown like squatter town. Okay, no, you know what you know what I noticed, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but the second series actually really went back into Earth history because um, their episodes, especially like the third episode with Eccleston, was um, he and Rose went back to Dickensian era. Oh, that's right, the girl, uh, the girl on the. Um... Uh, Ghosts of Britain or yeah. something like that. Great episode, by the way. Yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that one a lot. And I know they went back uh, during the Tenant era to Queen Victoria, who is so pissed off at aliens that she creates Torchwood. Yeah. Well, kind of interesting about uh, that episode with uh, the Ghosts of... Um, uh, whatever yeah. it is. The Ghosts of Britain. Yeah. Um, the woman that played the maid that yep. ch- channels the ghosts. Yeah. She they actually brought her back in to play um, one of the lead characters in Torchwood. Really? Yep. Now Torchwood is an interesting series. I haven't watched a single episode of, so we really can't discuss it all that much. Mm. But so essentially, it's kind of like um, not so much an X Files, but like an X Files warehouse version of Doctor Who. Yeah. All right. And it's definitely more grown up. I mean, if you watch the unedited, unedited um, original British. Yep. First, uh, first episode they say you shit and fuck a couple times. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, they are government agents after all. And it's you know much more. It's much more adult. Okay. All right. Um, you want to move on to yeah. number ten? David Tennant. The regeneration of Chris Tucker into David Tennant was right. fantastic. I think David Tennant may very well be the most popular. Currently, jo- yes. Yeah, currently. He's the most popular doctor. In fact, I would almost wager that, give it a few more years, David Tennant will be more popular than Tom Baker. Very possible. It's t- you know, it's tough because you're going to get those purists in there that, you know, the, the ones that still doesn't, don't believe that, you know, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek can exist in the same uh, reality as, as the original Star Trek series. And uh, William Shatner is always going to be Kirk. He's Chris Payne. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. Bring on Channing Tatum. Um, <laughs> Ew. Yeah, I know. But yeah, David Tennant was an interesting choice because he's a character. Yeah. He's a real character. I could summon the Armada and take this world by force. Well, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could do that. Of course you could. But why? Look at these people. These human beings. Consider their potential from the day they arrive on the planet and blinking step into the sun. There is more to see than can ever be seen. More to do than... No, hold on. Sorry, that's the Lion King. But... Most of the time, you know, he's, you know, very light, 
you know, he's always kind of joking around and stuff yeah. like that. But you get a few episodes where he is just dark as hell. Yeah. I mean, I, I only watched... I watched about three David Tennant episodes. Because by that point, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta catch up. We got a week to watch. <laughs> so I watched uh, the Christmas... Christmas Invasion, yeah, which was a very good episode because he's people. First of all, he's barely in that one because yeah. he's still cooking. Yeah, um, I watched uh, the Army of Ghosts and then Doomsday, Excellent and those episodes. two could very well be the two best episodes I have seen. Oh, those are extremely good, and you gotta have some tissues available if you've been watching it because it's extremely emotional ending. It is. It is. Um, it, it's it's just interesting too because again. Not knowing that much about the character and not watching a full season of him, him and Rose's relationship kind of grow, mm. I was still like, "Wow, okay, this is kind of a gut. Uh, this is kind of a gut punch right now." Yeah. Um, it also mixes two of the most popular series of enemies. That's the first time they've ever met: the Cybermen and the Daleks. Yeah, <laughs> and they hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> Daleks be warned. They, the Daleks want this cabinet, and they keep talking about this cabinet oh, yeah. as Time Lord Science. And he can't figure out what well, Time Lord Science, Time Lord Science. And then right before they open it, he realizes it's bigger on the inside, and like <laughs> a million Daleks come flying out because yeah. it was a prison vessel. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, Did you get to watch the episode Blink? No, I didn't get oh, to see that yet. That is probably one of my favorite David Tennant episodes. Well, rest assured that I'll actually be, now that I'm not going to be this pressed for time, and yeah. like, full disclosure here, by the way, we've had it, we've been really planning this for the last year. Yeah. So, I, I have no excuse, but, um, you know, between all the other stuff, the, all the investigating we've had to do over the last, Jesus Christ, 20 episodes this past year... Wow, yeah. I think it's been like twenty episodes since we dis- we discussed talking about this. It's been it's been it's been a bit of a task, but yeah. once I, I, honestly, once I'm done borrowing the Game of Thrones books from uh, the library, <laughs> I think I'll be watching more of this. Yeah. Plus, I've got Netflix on my phone. That's yeah. how I've been spending my lunch breaks. <laughs> nice watching Doctor Who. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my old roommate Kathleen loves David Tennant. By the way. Mm. He's, you know, he's just one of those guys. It's it's hard for me, though, to separate him from Barty Crouch. Yeah. Because he played Barty Crouch in uh, yeah. in Harry Potter, yes, uh, The Goblet of Fire. <laughs> but he, had these, he, he always stuck out his tongue, though. Well, he had that little lizard tongue that he yes. kept doing. But I also learned an interesting thing about David Tennant. I guess it was his just abject fandomness to Tom Baker that ended up getting him the role. Really? He was obsessed with Doctor Who. Well, I his, know, I know, he was a big fan of uh, Peter Davison because when they, when the, when the tenth and the fifth Doctor yeah. meet, he goes, "You're my Doctor," because 
that was actually the first Doctor that um, David Tennant ever watched. Right, right. But I mean, his obsessiveness is essentially what what made gave him the drive to say, "One day I will be Doctor Who." Yeah. And there Ooh, he is, there he's he the is. Doctor. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, definitely check these episodes out. The um, the entire series two is available on Netflix. Mm. So definitely, if you're if you're subscribing to Netflix, well, and you should be, um, the entire, even all of the uh, it, sixth it, season. Not the I don't think all of the sixth season yet. Yeah. Uh, last year it goes up until last year because okay. you got to wait. Really, got to wait for the the video releases. Yeah. But um, yeah. If you're subscribing to Netflix and you have Netflix streaming right now, for God's sakes, watch these. Yeah. Definitely you, worth it. Your your original doctors um, here and there. Yeah. You know, again, because they're not really seasons. Yeah. They're these long, long serialized movies. Yeah, pretty much. So. You want to move on to the final one? Yeah. Well, not the final. Well, one, not the final. The well, there won't one. be a final one. Yeah, the current Doctor, Matt Smith. All right. Who is ex- who is possibly even more goofy looking than uh, Tom Baker? Yes, he is. Uh, gigantic head, gigantic <laughs> well, uh, lower, you know, lower very, jaw, very, very long head. Yeah, he's like Ronald Reagan. He's got a very long head. Interesting little tidbit about Matt Smith, though. He is the first actor to ever be nominated for a BAFTA. I heard, I heard that. Yes, for Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. So that that's good for him. Okay, so we've basically run up the inside of a chimney, yeah? So what if the gravity fails? I thought about that. And? And we'll all plunge to our death, see? I thought about it. Ah, uh, the security protocols are still alive. There's no way to override them. It's impossible. How impossible? Two minutes. Uh, truth be told, I watched two episodes. Yeah. I watched the 11th hour. I made it the point to watch their first episodes. And I watched Let's Kill Hitler. <laughs> um... I gotta watch more because he's not he's not really ta- I'm not really taken to him all that much. Yeah, um when when I f- first watched the 11th hour, yeah, I just got off of all of the David Tennant love. I'm yeah. Like, oh, who's this new guy? Okay, I'll give him a chance. He, he grows on you. Okay. I just I don't know. There's just something about him where he's he's trying to be really cute and it I don't know. It's it's not it's not coming across as being funny or well thought out. And I I really I don't know. I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. I really don't like the relationship he has with Amy Pond. I, I Just because the whole thing is now set up as, he was my imaginary friend growing up. Now here's Doctor Who. <laughs> Brought to you by Walker's Crisps. <laughs> now we, hey, we've, got, we've got Bengal Tiger flavored. <laughs> uh, you, you Wash really, it down with Rubina, won't you? Yeah, you've really got to watch like all the way through because it... it it develops a lot better as it goes along. Okay, all right. Because I mean, yeah, there was a really a season and a half jump that I had made just mm. to get just to get more than one Matt Smith episode in. Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe he'll grow on me. Maybe another series or so, a season or so. Plus, you probably, you got you got spoilers on uh, River Song. Yeah, I did, but it, and that was an interesting thing. River Song. Uh, what was her? The, the, um... Oh, God, Melanie. Spoilers. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, Melanie. Play by Alex Kingston. Yes. She was actually kind of fun mm. to watch. You know, it, amazingly enough, she first appeared in um, the David Tennant episodes of um, Silence in the Library All right. and Forced of the Dead. Okay. Um, and I, I mean... Even back then, she like she knew more about the doctor than the doctor knew. Okay, and 
it kind of turned me off. You know, I didn't like her as much. Okay. I still, I'm still, you know, I don't, uh, I don't hate her, but I don't think she's my favorite of all the companions. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then there's Catherine Tate. I haven't watched any of her episodes yet. The Bride. Yeah. Um, but I, I really thoroughly do not like her on The Office. So <laughs> she, she's she's a very fun because basically, I mean, you had Rose and the Doctor, and you know they they had that relationship going on, right? And then after Rose left, you had Martha Jones, mm-hmm. who Martha Jones kind of had a crush on the Doctor, but the Doctor was still getting over Rose, all right. So it was never returned. And then you got Donna Noble, played by Catherine Tate, and mm-hmm. basically there was no crush going on. They were just they were very. They were quasi antagonistic towards each other. Right. I mean, their their relationships really their um, personalities really graded on each other. Okay. But they got along really well. Hmm. It it was they had a very they had a very good relationship. I thought. All right. Well, I'm gonna go back. I'm definitely gonna go back and watch the uh, a couple a couple more of the David Tennant episodes. Yeah. What was it three three seasons? Three um, or four. Uh, season two, three, three and four, four yeah. five. Five, okay. Uh, uh, no, two and three, yeah. Well, let me see. He, he, <laughs> went, he went from June of 2005, well, June 2005 is when he regenerated um, into, well, from Christopher Eccleston. All right. His first full episode was December of 2005, and then his final episode was January of 2010. All right. So, five years. All right. So, well, let's head over to Facebook. Yeah. Uh, we both actually had a series of questions that we had asked. Mike, take it down there. We'll all start right. with your uh, questions, because these are a little more relevant to what we're talking about now before we get into all my hypotheticals. Yes, all right. Basically, I asked um, favorite doctors, moments, companions, episodes, whatever. New series, old series, anything. All right. Um, my old friend Lisa came up with, I'm still a sucker for any of the Pertwee Taunton Slash Tom Baker episodes with Leela as my favorite companion. Uh, Leela was interesting because she was actually kind of a warrior woman. All right. Who was a companion to Tom Baker a lot. All right. And I guess she eventually was left because Tom Baker didn't like her character as much. So <laughs> she was kind of forced out. <laughs> and if you watch the episode, where the, her final episode, the reason she leaves was kind of it's like she just met this guy... They had, they had no like no relationship before then, and so they they fallen in love and she's got to leave. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Well, when Tom Baker is violently murdered suspiciously, you know, I think we'll know it'll be a little point to. Um, and she also comes with I'm probably the only the only person who actually liked Adric. Now who's Adric? Adric was a he was a he was a know it all. All right. Yeah, I mean, they gave, they picked him up on this planet, and he was basically a human computer. He would uh, he could remember and All work right. out complications, but he would let everybody know how smart he was. Hmm. And finally, he like sacrificed himself, and I was kind of cheering. <laughs> I did not much care for him. All right, uh, Chris. Obviously, we remember Chris. He loves Tom Baker. Yeah, Chris says Tom Baker all the way. Favorite companion was Sarah Jane. Favorite episode was Genesis of the Daleks and also the Brain of Morbius. And Sean, my good friend Sean, he mentioned his uh, his uh, one of his blogs where he talks about his six favorite episodes. All right. Um, I'll plug his his blog here. It's 
Henchman for Hire at Henchman the Number Four yep. Hire dot com, and he had his favorite episodes as all from the new series. He is the Unicorn and the Wasp, all right, in which uh, Doctor and Donna meet uh, Agatha Christie. Okay. <laughs> uh, the End of Time, the last episodes of David Tennant. Yep. Dalek, which I thought was could very well be the. Best episode I've watched so far. It was a fantastic way to bring <clears throat> the Daleks back into the new series. Yeah, because it was just the one. Yeah. It was funny, though, because I'm watching that, and Christopher Eccleston's Do- The Ninth Doctor is just is amazed that this Dalek is still alive. Yeah. And the Dalek has no idea that his entire race has been wiped out. Yeah. And he's talking to him, and the Dalek, you know, he's like, you're all gone. And the Dalek is just... All gone, and I just wanted him to just look at the Dalek and go exterminated, and then walk off because that would have been badass. <laughs> that would have been pretty badass, yeah. Yeah. Re- real quick though about the Daleks, um, I just want to bring this up. They really, I mean, they, I know they're badass. You know, you know, starfish in in, in mechanized tanks. Yeah. Um, they sound so mamby pamby. They really do. Exterminate! Exterminate! <laughs> Oh, Doctor, <laughs> you've been crying. Oh, you've been a naughty boy, Doctor. <laughs> Actually, um, in the new series, the same guy does the voice of both the Daleks and the Cybermen. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God. A little bit of electronic modulation there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, just a little more port to get me through this one. <laughs> oh, oh, God, exterminate. <laughs> or... I put this out on Twitter to see if I get any bites, and it didn't work. It, it was hashtag rejected Doctor Who, and I just had ejaculate, ejaculate. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody fucking bit. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're a Doctor Who fan, then that's just no. Yeah, exactly. If you're not a Doctor Who fan, you're like, what? Huh? Well, if you're a Doctor Who fan and you want to jump on this, we are at Geek Salad Radio on Twitter. For God's sakes, follow us. Ejaculate. <laughs> sorry, sorry. All right. Anyway, next on uh, Sean's list, we've got the girl in the fireplace. Okay. In which um, uh, Doctor Who saves Madame de Pompadour. Ah. Um, and then we've got Vincent in the Doctor. Okay. Where Matt Smith visit Matt Smith Doctor visits Vincent Van Gogh. Okay. And then we've got a good man goes to war. Um, which is the pre, the the, uh, the pre episode of Let's Kill Hitler? Right. Yeah. This is the one that actually reveals to everyone finally what is the deal with River Song? Okay. Because we've never known this before now. Right. Um. And it's showing that basically the Duck who that he's a complete badass and everybody's afraid of him. Okay. Huh. It's a right. good episode. I like. It. Yeah, I got I gotta watch that one. Now there was another part of that uh, question you put out there. Oh yes, yeah. so I also had. Added, um, what was everyone's favorite and or least favorite of the Doctor's enemies? Okay. Um, Lisa came back with, uh, sorry, uh, Cybermen first, the Master second, the assorted gothic themed monsters third. I know the Daleks are always, were always the most popular with others, but I just couldn't shake their easily stopped by a flight of stairs thing with them. Not the new series. Nah, not the new series. <laughs> yep. Now... There was a group of villains that I saw advertised, and again, I, I go back and watch it. Um, series one, the, the first series with David Tennant, where they look like like mechanized men, but they all have like the powdery wigs and the. Oh yeah, that was from Girl in the Fireplace. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, um, 
Now, that, we'll that definitely was, have to check that, that one was, out. That was just a one-off one. Okay. Uh, actually, the first episode uh, of, of the new series, Rose, brought in the Autons. Okay. Those are those, you know, the plastic. Yep. The living plastic. And they, they actually, um, I believe they appeared in the first episode with the Master. Okay. Pertwee. All right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I had brought up... Yeah. As God knows, it's the only way he's going to remember any of these. Cassandra... From the end of the world. Yeah. Cassandra is an interesting character. I understand she came back at some point as well. Yeah. Um, uh, the first episode, the first full episode with uh, David Tennant. Okay. New Earth. Um, Cassandra is the old, is the last surviving human. She's so purebred that she's just a water of skin. Yeah, she's, she's a water of skin stretched out over a frame, but her face is still moving. Yeah. And they had to keep her moist the entire time. The lady... Cassandra O'Brien Delta 17. Oh, now, don't stare. I know, I know it's shocking, isn't it? I've had my chin completely taken away, and look at the difference. Look how thin I am. Thin and dainty. I don't look a day over 2,000. Moisturize me, moisturize me. It's a very clever type of villain. Because she's got a lot of money and she can just sabotage shit like crazy. Yeah. And, and then uh, who Chris else? Chris came back with. Um, I am mo- I am most knowledgeable with the Tom Baker years. I would have to say Morbius. Okay. Do you know Morbius at all? Um, uh, it's been a while since I've seen that episode. I think it was. It was just like a brain in a uh, like a robot thing, and it was the brain of Morbius. It was Metroid. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, personally, one of my fi- I mean. I, I love the master. Uh-huh. He's the he's Moriarty to the master, uh, Doctor Sherlock. Right, because he's a time lord as well. Right. So it's it's you know it's like Zod and Superman. Exactly. But I also gotta say uh, from the new series, I also really really like the Weeping Angels. Okay. Who first appear in Blink? All right. Well, uh, that's the one you told me I'd check out. Yeah. So I gotta check that one out. Yeah. Basically, they're just stone statues. If you look at them, but as soon as you look away, and then look back at them. They're like, like ten feet closer. To you they, they can move like that. All right. And they, but they can only move if you look away. So basically, the whole theory why it's called blink is the doctor keeps telling someone, "Don't blink, blink, and you're dead." Yeah. Lonely assassins they used to be called. No one quite knows where they came from, but they're as old as the universe, or very nearly. And they have survived this long because they have the most perfect defense system ever evolved. They are quantum locked. They don't exist when they're being observed. The moment they are seen by any other living creature, they freeze into rock. No choice, it's a fact of their biology. In the sight of any living thing, they literally turn to stone. And you can't kill a stone. Of course, a stone can't kill you either, but then you turn your head away. Then you blink. And oh yes, it can. I, I, I did enjoy Prisoner Zero on oh, Eleventh yes. Hour. It was an interesting concept that... Essentially, it could transform into people. It had to have a psychic link to them, and it usually ha- had to carry something with it. So, like, it's an old man and a dog, but it screwed up, and the man was barking, and the dog wasn't. <laughs> that was that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, and then there was the uh, the the mother and his two and her two twin daughters. Yeah, oh, who all then got like the you know the the demon teeth. Yeah, that was cool. All right, now I actually I again. I'm new to this whole thing, so I wanted to throw hypotheticals instead to see what kind of responses we get. Alright, my first question. Should Matt Smith ever leave, who would be the best and the worst casting choices for the 12th Doctor? 
Here's the rule. Okay, and I'm sure this is the Doctor Who rule as well. They need to be either from the UK or Australia, and that's mainly because most rubes like us still think that Jeffrey Rush and Kate Blanchett are uh, are British. Um, Jeffrey Rush is not Blan- British. No, he's Australian. <laughs> I know. All right, Mike. Well, let me ask you. What do you who do you think if if you had if you had um, to do if you were in charge of casting? Hmm. Wow. Well, you, you want me to come back to you? Actually, um, I li- kind of like one of your ideas. Okay. My ideas, I had it narrowed down to two possibles. And I'm sticking on the young side. Yeah. I really think that that's where they're going with it. I don't think you're going to see another... Um, you, you won't see anybody any older than Christopher Eccleston. I agree. It was like... I think it was like 40 yeah. when, he, when he was doing it. So, um, my mine were uh, Chris Marshall, mm-hmm. who played... Um, Colin Frizzle in uh, Love Actually. Colin, uh, go of sex. I didn't much care for that one. I okay. like your other one. All right. Harry Lloyd from yeah. Game of Thrones. He played Viserys Tar- uh, Targaryen. Um, honestly, uh, looking at the guy, he's your next doctor. What's kind of odd is he actually did appear in a previous episode of Doctor Who. All right. In a two-parter with David Tennant where he plays the son of the, of the family of blood. All right. I, I think it's a great idea. Who knows? I mean, God knows it. All right, my worst choice, by the way, Richard Griffiths from uh, from Harry Potter, Mister Dursley. Yes, <laughs> that would be bad. The only other worst person would be Ian McNeese, who um, the last time I saw him, he was the Orator on Rome. He's got the most mesmerizing neck waddle. <laughs> All right. How about Ian Griffith? Ian Griffith could actually make a very good doctor. I think. Mm. God knows he didn't. He didn't horribly fuck up Mister Fantastic, but and he he actually could. Keep it wasn't his, his fault. He could actually keep his actual. Um, um, He's Welsh, accent. yeah. Yeah, he exactly. wouldn't have to hide it. So um, here's what we got. Michelle brought up uh, Philip Bretherton um, from As Time Goes By. That was her choice. PK brought up Julian Ryan Tut from uh, the Britcom Green Wing. I haven't. Seen I have no. One. I have no idea who these people are. Um, Michelle also brought up uh, Tim Minchin or Eddie Izzard. Wow. I, Eddie Izzard is right down there with Rowan Atkinson. I, I, I do not see him as a good or a bad doctor. I mean, nothing against I'm sure he's got great acting skills. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he can pull off the doctor. All right. Julie brought up Gary Oldman as her as a fabulous doctor, but Jack Nicholson, not so much. Then she realized that... Um, she she broke the rule on that one, but she likes Gary Oldman anyway. Gary Oldman could um, he could do it. Now, yeah, I think he could definitely do it. Now, you have heard that Peter Yates, who um, helmed all of the really really awesome Harry Potters, David Yates, David Yates. Sorry, uh, there, there was a Peter Yates, not anymore. But uh, David Yates <laughs> is, wants to do that, a yeah. big screen version of Doctor Who that will not have Matt Smith in it. It will be a completely separate story with a new Doctor. Um. Gary Oldman, I think, is, is kind of lead running for this, unless they go the younger end, which then then you're looking at like a Yoan Griffith yeah. or someone that can just do the movie and be done with it. I had heard that. I had also heard that the BBC pretty much said no. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, the articles I read were about a year old. Yeah. But I did throw this out as kind of like a final casting question with this. Um, if Sherlock... Hadn't happened. Your search for the Twelfth Doctor ends at Benedict Cumberpatch. I'd buy that. Yep. Uh, my friend Shannon said yes. He could finally be a ginger. He could finally be a ginger. <laughs> um, 
and that's the, and in case you don't get the joke, one thing that the doctor has always been, you know, kind of annoyed at is that he's never been regenerated into a ginger. Right. Never a redhead. Never always a, redhead. a blonde or a brunette. Or an old man. Yes. Or a white haired man. <laughs> first things first. Be honest. How do I look? Um different. Good different or bad different? Just different. Am I ginger? No, you're just sort of brown. Yeah, I wanted to be ginger. I've never been ginger. And you, Rose Tyler, fell all good you were. You gave up on me. Oh, that's rude. That's what man I am now. Am I rude? Rude and not ginger. Now, it's interesting, too, because Stephen Moffat uh, does both Doctor Who and, and Sherlock. Sherlock. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, Benedict Cumberpatch would have been in the wheelhouse. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he was on the casting sheet. Then he took... Then he took Sherlock and was like, all right, uh, Smith, all right, yeah, it's yours. Yeah. Now, here's the question that I brought up that um, caused a little bit of controversy, but a healthy discussion. All right, this is the meaty bone I threw out to everybody. Could a woman ever be the doctor? And if so, who do you cast? It's kind of interesting, actually, when... um when Tom Baker was leaving, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was highly publicized, and he actually kind of said jokingly, oh, I'm sure um, they couldn't even get a woman to replace me. <laughs> and the uh, BBC people were quick to stomp that one down. Right. Well, it was the uh, early 80s after yes. all. Yes. But I think, I think it'd be possible. I mean, the, the main problem, though, is that you do have female Time Lords already. Right, you do. Um, and I'll get into some of that. But one thing I, I do want to point out, I did not ask if there will ever be a black doctor, mainly because I can't, I can't really name too many black British actors. I can name um, Chetway um, in Dufour, who was, he was in um, Serenity. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's it. Isn't he South African? No, he's, he's British. Really? Yeah, he was in Love Actually as well. Wow. Huh. All right, so... In asking this question, I got a number of responses. Uh, Jennifer brought up she doesn't like that question, so she would say no. Jason said that it's a hell of an idea. You can go in so many directions with that. You can see Emma Thompson getting into that role, or on the opposite end of the spectrum, maybe Holiday Granger, once your acting chops mature a little bit. I'm not familiar with Holiday Granger. Do you know? No idea. Matt brought up no. The Doctor has uh, been male every time he's regenerated, as have the Master, Cardinal uh, Barusa, etc. Romana retained the female when she regenerated. I don't think you can just switch genders. Sure, the producers and writers can do whatever they want, but it'd be a slap in the face of the 40-plus years of continuity. Um, what? Although, it's kind of interesting. Um, actually, one of the Doctor's companions for a short time, and All right. she's been the only other... Um, Time Lord that's traveled with the Doctor. Okay. She did regenerate once when, uh, you know, the original actress didn't want to come back. Right. And it was kind of interesting because when she did regenerate, she seemed to have some control over her regeneration. She, it seemed, she seemed to say, like, I can, you know, I can regenerate into whoever, whatever I want to look like. Right. Okay. What are you doing here? Regenerating. Do you like it? Regenerating? What are you talking about regenerating? Only Time Lords regenerate. Look, it's awfully nice to see you, Princess Astra. Romana. Romana? Ah, shut up, canine. What are you doing in that body? Regenerating, do you like it? But you can't wear that body. I thought it looked very nice on the princess. But you can't go around wearing copies of bodies. Why not? We're not going back to Atreus, are we? No. Well, then. 
Well, then go try another one. Go on. All right. Now, I mean, and the thing is, too, it's a full-body generation. Yeah. So there's no telling what you could do with it. Um, I mean, Jason came back uh, to respond to Matt saying that, I think you guys are being kind of rigid in your thinking. It would be a great twist. Something goes wrong during the regeneration process. The Doctor is even more confused than normal. It would be a season-long arc. Plus, even if the Doctor were a woman, the Doctor would still be, character-wise, the Doctor. That yeah. is a slightly androgynous nut. Would the Doctor have a crisis of conscience over having a female companion? Would he? Would River Song? How would River Song handle this? Uh, she presumably would know that this is coming, having tracked the Doctor extensively. Would people around the universe so readily accept a female Doctor? I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. It, 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 honestly, it could be very interesting. Allie just brought up, by the way, that she says it depends. Would the Daleks gen- uh, change gender? The Daleks have no gender. Yeah. No, they do not. Um, well, it's kind of. Huh? I need the other piece. Sorry, <laughs> I oh, got more. Oh, I have more feedback there. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, I think the only the only person that wouldn't mind would be um, Captain Jack Harkness. <laughs> okay. Uh, have you? you have oh yeah, seen? Torchwood. He's gay. Oh, he's bi. Bi. Okay. Because huh. he uh, snogs both Rose and the Doctor. All right. At the, and um, <laughs> and parting of the ways. All right. Oh, that's right. Um, Ernie brought up uh, Jerry Ryan, who was seven of nine. Think she would make an awesome doctor. Not British, though. She looks it, but she's not British. Right. Uh, Kent brought up Helen Mirren or Judy Dench. Because why Judy not? Judy Dench? Judy Dench? Probably not. All right. Julie said it's been done before. Then she uh, included in her thing the uh, Rowan Atkinson as Doctor Who, where the uh, final yeah. regeneration is. Um, oh, shit. Now I can't remember her name. Um, fa- ab- 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 yeah, absolutely fabulous. Um, Lumley. Oh, yeah. But, Joanna Lumley. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then for myself, I brought up... Uh, good Lord. Okay, I, I had to write it down because I'm not going to remember the name otherwise. Um, Romala Ghiari. She was... If you're a fan of Masterpiece, like I am, uh, she was Emma. Yeah, I know. Pinky's out. She was Emma. She was in this great movie about this um, woman who ended up getting shipped to an, uh, the Australian prison colony. Okay. She's very striking. But she's also one of those people that is an unknown enough to be the Doctor. Because yeah. realistically speaking, I was a little surprised that Christopher Eccleston got cast the Doctor because we were familiar with him. Yeah. He'd been doing t- movies for ten years. David Tennant. David Tennant. Well, David Tennant really only, was only known for Harry Potter at the time. Mm. And that was the year before right. he took over. So... He was still enough of an unknown. I've never seen Matt Smith in anything. No, he was in a few like small British movies, but nothing really. Right. Um. You know what? I I don't know if they'll kind of if they'll mess with that firebrand because that would get the the fans on both continents up in dander. It would be. It. I think it would definitely, at the very least, be interesting. It would be a very interesting experiment that if they can if they can commit to one season of it and see how it goes. Matt Smith's not going to last forever. No. Let's face it. He's not going to last forever. I doubt he's going to last as long. I really don't think he's going to last as, as long as David Tennant. I, I I thought I'd heard that he was leaving at the end of uh, this next season, but, okay. now, but now it seems like all the news for that is gone. So. All right. Well, who knows? I know uh, I know. Amy and Rory are leaving pretty much midway through this next season. Okay. Which, I guess it's about time. They, they've, already, they've already cast the next companion, and um, she's actually quite good looking. They all are. Let's face it, because uh, um, Amy is actually very attractive. Yeah. 
Go on her IMDb page, her, her photo on that. She's very, very striking. Uh, yes. So, great, great talk. We just pretty much managed to encapsulate 40 years into one hour. Wow. That's pretty interesting. We could use a TARDIS for that. <laughs> we could. <laughs> um, I want to thank everybody for, for getting involved in the conversation. This was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing the yeah. doing this research and just asking hypotheticals and just getting people's dander up. It's great. I love that. I would, I mean, honestly, as far as female Time Lords go, though, there is one other villain that they've had. Um, it's kind of like a, the master type, uh, type Time Lord uh-huh. named the Rani. Okay. And she first appeared along with, a, uh, I think, along with Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy. All right. And she was a villain Time Lord. Hmm. And I keep hoping that they're going to find some way to bring her in because she was she was a fun trip. Mm, interesting. Oh, good job. Good discussion. Yes. Now let's move on to some segments. Let's start off with... Stupid! Stupid! Um, now, Mike, are you psyched about G.I. Joe? I am. All right. I'm really looking forward I, to this G.I. Yeah, Joe 2, the, apo- the apology. It's going to be awesome. Guess what? What? you got to wait till March. <laughs> yes, just got released today, um, May 23rd, that Paramount is, is delaying the release of G.I. Joe Retaliation so they can convert it to fucking 3D. Excuse me, i got to go to fly to California with some Molotov cocktails right <laughs> about now. I haven't gone on Twitter yet to see what The Rock's reaction to this is. I'm sure it's going to be really scripted in kayfabe. But, um, this is, that, I can take this two different ways. I think it's stupid, the reason why it's getting delayed. They're going to delay it more than six months so they can add 3D to it. Yeah. Because we know what happens, movies don't do well if they're pushed back that far. And movies, they simply just don't. And movies don't do not do well if they're pushed that back that far, and they're given really crappy 3D. Right, exactly. Uh, now. Um, cra- Clash of Titans. <clears throat> exactly. Now. Here is the one positive I can dig out of this. And my, and my buddy Steve and I were talking about this today. The only positive thing in here is that high concept movies do very, very well in the spring because there's nothing going up against it. Whereas it could get mired in, in the clutter of the summer where there's like, like three or four new releases every weekend. That's true. I mean, yeah, hell, but, at the rate we're going right now, it's going up against the Avengers for God knows what number one week. I'm it, sorry. I'm still in awe of how awesome that movie is doing. Uh, come on. We, we can beat Avatar. I know we can. Uh, $760 million. That's, that's a tall order. I, it's, I think it's going to hit $500 million by the end of this week. Nice. It's, I'm astounded. I really am. But getting back to G.I. Joe, I'm pissed, but... Uh, we'll go see it. Yeah. We're definitely going to go see it. I'm definitely going to see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's move on to Trailer Park, where we're going to be talking about the new Pixar movie, Brave. No one knows how we came to this land. A land filled with magic and danger. <laughs> That's my father, King of Dumbro. <laughs> then there's my brothers. We devils more like... And there's my mother. She's in charge of every single day of my life. A lady rises early. Does this stuff her gob? Does not place her weapons on the table. Oh, Mom. She just doesn't listen. Pretend I'm Merida. Speak to me. I don't want to get married. I want to stay single and let my hair flow in the wind as I ride through the glen, firing arrows into the sunset. 
All right. I hope, for the sake of my daughter and little girls out there everywhere, this movie is a huge hit. If this turns into Cars 2, um, you can forget about ever having a empowered princess movie. Ever. Yes. I would agree with that. Because there really wouldn't be one. No, exactly. Now, first of all, this is the first princess movie where she has both of her parents, first of all. That's true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, Sleeping Beauty. Oh, that's right. She did have both of her parents. She was taken away from them. I yeah, get, I get. You're raised by him. Raised by fairies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. But, I mean, this is, this is a very, very different story. Yeah. Um, I mean, first they're taking it from um, Scottish and... Yeah, it's, Scottish. It's, it's, it's all Scottish um, folklore. Celtic. Yeah. Um, no, it's Scots. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was Celts. No, it's Scots because of the Celts. That's right. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> don't ever get that. Don't ever tell an Irishman they were Scottish. <laughs> they will murder you. Um, it's like uh, calling a Welshman a Brit. <laughs> they will murder you. Um, well, that's also saying that you can understand Welsh. That's true, too. But they invented the English language, so... Um, But, I mean, this movie just looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Hmm. Um, I am definitely going to peruse this movie before I let my daughter watch it, though. I like the trailers because they give away nothing. Exactly. I mean, they tell you what's happening in the beginning of the movie, but I have no idea what the hell is going on at the end. Yeah, no, and that's the best part. There is a witch. Mm -hmm. I know that. There's some kind of enchantment. But, yeah, for the most part... We, we don't know what this movie's going to be about. So the surprises are... And they did this with Up, actually. They did a very good job making you think that Up was just about an old man whose uh, house flies away on balloons. Mm-hmm. You had no idea of the adventure involved with that. Yeah, uh, you know that there was a dog with a, with a talking... Um... You didn't even see that in the trailers, though. No, no we... you saw a little bit. Yeah. Um, same with Wally. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with Cars 2, you knew what you were getting. Yeah. Lots and lots of car jokes in Larry the Cable Guy. With and this, you're getting something completely different. Base explosions. Yes. Um, in fact, the toys are already out. For Scarlett's birthday, we actually got her the doll. Nice. Part of it was because it looks like one of her friends from school. <laughs> and part of it's because we just thought it'd be really awesome to give our daughter a princess doll that comes with a bow and arrow. That is pretty badass. Yeah. That I is like awesome. It. And the beauty is, too, the bow and arrow don't come apart. Nice. So nothing, nothing to get, lose. Nothing gets lost. Thank you, it's Jeebus. Like, it's like those, Legos, those, like those Lego bows and arrows. Yeah. <laughs> now, real quick before we get into the shills, I just want to bring up something um, about last... I want to bring up a little note about last week, uh, la- our last episode. Um, if you listen carefully, as I did, you may notice that there was a lot of heavy breathing going on in that episode. No one was getting excited. I almost died. Yeah, he had to regenerate. Yeah, um... I had, I, I was, we, the, the, for the first time in 65 episodes, we recorded somewhere other than at my house. Yeah. We recorded at Jim's house. Um, and we did the whole episode. I noticed I was getting very, very short of breath. And I packed up my stuff. I brought it up to the car. I came back in to get something. And I had to sit down. Yeah. Because I could not breathe. So I just want to bring up the fact real quick that I almost died doing this show. <laughs> That is commitment right there. Oh, that is commitment right there. Oh, um, yeah. I am fine now, so anybody who's worried about me, thank you very much for your concerns. It, it turns out I have um, a form of asthma that gets exacerbated by uh, my allergies. So, and stupid me, I didn't bring my inhaler with me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was... 
Yeah, it, it was a fun time. So thank you, Adam, for driving me home and keeping me conscious before I passed out from lack of oxygen. Um, the best part about the entire experience was they put me on steroids for two weeks. Wow. The I, first, I thought you were looking nice yeah, and pumped. The first day I had these things, I was on four, I had four steroids. I had just, you know, uh, prednisone. Yeah. I had four prednisone in me. And, um, and the doctor was like, okay, you're going to notice a few things. You're going to have a lot of energy. You're going to feel great. Your appetite is going to be through the roof. So I took the first pill, and I'm like, I'm kind of hungry. The second pill, I'm pacing back and forth at work, because I don't sit down at work. Um, by the third pill, my coworkers are like, Andy, you okay? He's like, i got to punch or fuck something right now. <laughs> oh, my God. You, you bench-pressed your car, didn't you? Andy, smash! I seriously <laughs> wanted to go like find everybody who beat me up as a child. <laughs> See, birdie! The day of reckoning has come. <laughs> Andy Smash. Now I'm off of them. I'm just on a, on a typical uh, steroid inhaler. So thank you. Yay. So yeah, I didn't. I, you know what? I, I was hoping I could see Jack Kirby though, and yeah. in the afterlife, and just find. I just let him know. Hey, Jack, you did good work. Where's my paycheck? Oh, I'm sorry. I got to go back to the. Uh, I got to go back. Got to go to the spirit realm right now. My car's waiting for me. <laughs> Where's my paycheck? Um. Stan Lee's got it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he's getting haunted <laughs> real bad tonight. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Let's, enough of my sob story. Let's move on to some shills. Mike, you have a new game you're playing, right? Yes, I do. I'm playing Diablo 3. Okay. Did you buy it before it came out? Because I heard about all the problems. No, no. I actually, yes. Um, I, do, I do have a coworker that stayed up until midnight and bought it at the midnight release. I decided to get some sleep instead. Okay. He bought it. He brought it home. He put it in. He installed it. Wouldn't install. No, wait, no. It installed. It, he couldn't play it because all of the uh, all of the servers, all of the Blizzard servers that you have to log into before you can play it, were down. Awesome. Until midnight Pacific Standard Time. So rather than stay up until 3 to play this game, he went to bed. And so I bought it the next day. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I got a good night's sleep, and I still ended up playing it only about an hour after he did. You got to videotape yourself doing that, by the way. Just send it to him. You know, just uh, grab your camera, your camera phone, and just <whistles> do, do 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 do. Hey, I'm playing. Or use Facebook Color. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can do that now. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Now on the subject of Facebook Color, real quick, let me ask. I'm going to put this out to the audience. Would you like to see some of our pre-show shenanigans, which we can broadcast on um, Facebook Color, which is available on the Android platform? I don't think it's available on iPhone, is it? I have no idea. I think it's just... We'll, we'll, we'll find out. Um, oh, we have shenanigans, all right? Oh, we have shenanigans. It, there's nothing quite greater than watching us try to arrange water bottles and try to find a place to put the, uh, the laptop and the mic. And try to, try to put those down around Edward. Exactly, and you know, have to deal with that. Having to cover up a couple of the cat fur covered couches here when Jim and Adam are here. Mm. Oh, it's a lot of fun. So here's what I want I want you to do, and I'll put the, I'll, I'll put this out on Facebook as well. Um, we're gonna have we're actually gonna have to invite you to it. Um, so what we'll do is we'll look at our Facebook our our, our Geek Salad uh, page, which by the way, tell your friends to like it for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Um, We'll look at that, we'll weigh it against our friends, and invite you to pre-recording shenanigans. Shenanigans! 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 Shenan
So we'll uh, more more info on it as it comes. Yeah, but I think it'll be kind of cool. I also I also don't mind showing off how goddamn hard Mike and I work on uh, actually producing the show at the end of the recording. Oh yeah, and we could also record our shenanigans about trying to work out what episode. What episode title it is and which episode number it is. Oh, yes, exactly. And then followed up with my wife going, shh, the baby's asleep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep you posted on that. All right. All right. My shill, by the way, um, it, it's kind of a quickie because we talked a lot about this on our last show. Uh, I got to go with completely spoiler-free the finale of Series 2 of Sherlock. Yeah, spoiler-free because... Um, you haven't seen it yet. I haven't I am watched it blown yet. away, Mike, that you haven't watched If I had I, I just, known... I just bought the Blu-ray so I All can right. watch it anytime I All want. All right. If I had known, I would have left it on the DVR for you, okay? Um, first of all, Benedict Cumberpatch and Martin Freeman are just so good yeah. in that show. Um, So, my advice to you... Find it on PBS. Go on demand if you've got on demand on your cable system. Buy the Blu-ray, or buy which the just came out. Blu-rays, which just came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the love of all that is holy, you, this is the best mystery series I've ever seen. Mm. And I'm not a big mystery kind of guy. You know, I like my mysteries like gritty and violent, and this is kind of violent, not really. Yeah. Um, but they capped off a very. A very good uh, series. Mm. I didn't care so much for the Hound of the Baskervilles. Yeah, a lot of people I, didn't. I thought that was the weakest one. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. But this, this finale hits you like a, a sack of hammers. Yeah. All right. So. Well, I mean, look at what, look at the finale of the first series. Oh yeah, where they and they he, put a you know, you know to be continued with gunpoints gunpoints. Oh yeah, with laser point. sights all over them yeah. and like a vest of explosives. explosives yeah. So check it out, please. All right, next episode, episode 68. We're going back to the 80s because it's it's part of our um, salute to 1982. It is the 30th anniversary. And as we're coming up on the summer, what does summer mean for you, Mike? It means music for me. For me, it means hot, sweaty shorts. All right, cool. Excellent. It <laughs> means pit stains in my T-shirts for me. Um, so we're going to be talking all about the music of 1982. We're going to... Check what was top of the charts for that year. What was top of the charts for that year? Oh, tons of stuff. We'll get into it. I'm not going to give right. it away now. they got to wait two weeks. That wasn't Big Country, was it? No, that was 84. Uh, Three to four. Yeah. So, I'm just doing that math in my head here. <laughs> Three, 83, 84. Um, right, cool. No, 1982. You're, we're going to talk about stuff like... Um, we'll talk about a lot of stuff. I'm not even going to bring up much, but I will say it is the 30th anniversary, which just passed... Of one of the greatest albums of the of the year, Journey. No, that was eighty one. Oh, Rio. Duran Duran's oh, Rio Durand. was released at the beginning of May, nineteen eighty two. We're going to talk about we that. Like the Wolf. Yep. Well, that the album. Yeah. With all that stuff on there, but we're definitely going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. So obviously, we want your input. And as it's music, I'm sure there'll be tons. That wasn't Falco Rock Me Young was it? No, that was eighty six. Dang. Yeah. Do so. Do some Wikipedia in on I'm going this. To have to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there's going to be a lot of bleed over from late '81. I'll print it out at work. And a lot of bleed over from early '83. Ask Lanning. No, no, I'll print it out at work because right. Lanning's just going to give me the entire list. <laughs> exactly. Well, then you see that's the year that I was about to head off the bat. Um, so you want to get your input in, as I know you do. You can email us at geeksalad at yahoo.com. Uh, you can get us on our Facebook pages, either respectively, or like our page, Geek Salad Podcast. Or actually, it's just Geek Salad now. 
which is awesome. Nice. Follow us on Twitter at Geek Salad Radio. Uh, check out the archive at either Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Download the Stitcher app. Uh, get us on iTunes, or you can also get us at Podbean, uh, geeksalad.podbean.com, where not only do we have these, um, do all, all, pretty much every episode from the Podbean era on there, mm-hmm. we're also, we also posted uh, all the videos that Chris wanted us to post for Tom yep. Baker, um, as well as other stuff. We'll get, the, we'll get the trailer up there. We'll get. You know what? I think I'm going to be in the mood to post a retro episode sometime soon. So we got. Yeah, we got to find one that matches up with this. So we'll. we'll you know, we haven't done that in a while. No. So um, yeah, I'm sure Mike will find us a retro episode that's not already on there. Yeah. And uh, check all that out. So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. They are fast, faster than you could believe. Don't turn your back. Don't look away and don't blink. Good luck.